0: This is the Self-Development Podcast, episode 36. Greetings, and welcome to the weekly podcast all about personal growth, pursuing goals, and becoming a better version of yourself. I'm your host, Leonos Kakidando, and the title of this episode is A Conversation with Listeners, part one. All right, quick announcement, I will quick keep, can't speak, I will keep this short. (laughs) This episode is pretty long already, so anyway, code section is up on Kidando.net. If you're into programming slash coding and software tech, you might want to check it out. Also, I talked about this before, but I will be providing tutorials and what I'm calling learning paths for those interested in getting into the world of software development. That part isn't ready yet, but you can subscribe to the newsletter in the code section if you want to be kept up to date. That newsletter is different from the self-development newsletter. That newsletter will only focus on stuff I do in that coding section. To subscribe, simply head over to kidando.net forward slash code, as in C-O-D-E, and towards the footer of any page in that section, you will find the call to action to subscribe. Simply enter in your email and you'll get notified anytime I have something to share in the code section. Okay, so this conversation with listeners is all about pursuing goals and or projects, specifically the challenges we face as people pursuing meaningful and potentially life-changing goals. In this episode, you will hear from fellow hustlers, people pursuing goals who were Awesome enough to be real about the struggles they face in their pursuits. Anything worth pursuing is never easy. I respect and I appreciate them for their contribution to this important conversation. Hey, it's Leon from the future here. (laughs) Always wanted to say that. So a quick edit. I was fortunate to have um, 12 people make contributions to this conversation we're about to get into. Initially, I wanted to have all their contributions fit into one podcast episode. But now that I've finished putting this together, I decided, no, it will be overkill for just one podcast episode, just way too long. So what I did is have this podcast episode you're listening to right now be part one, which comes out on Monday as usual. Then on Wednesday, I will publish part two of the conversation. I thank everyone that sent in their contribution to this conversation. I really think you listening right now, We'll like it and even take away something or a few things that will help you in your pursuits. Just be sure to subscribe to the Self Development Podcast if you want to keep up with the show. AfriPods, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, or on Kidanda.net. Whichever platform you're most comfortable with, you can subscribe. Okay, let's start talking. The first contribution comes from Layla. Take it away, Layla.
1: My name is Leila and um, I'd like to answer a particular question is what is the most common challenge that a person goes through when they're on the road to um, pursue their goals or working on a project. And for me, well I found out this the hard way is the challenge of connection. The who you know what you and not, not and not what you know. That is the most challenging thing. For instance, you can take your project and you can take your proposal and you can make a pitch. It's perfect. You know, you get the standing ovation and everything, and then pure silence. And then later on, you look hey, what's going on with this? Um, I pitched a while back and I didn't get a response. Oh, we've decided to go with this. Oh, okay. You you're like, okay, fine, that's that's fine. And you ask yourself, where did I go wrong? But you never did anything wrong. You could have been right on point, your pitch was perfect and everything. But the other person is knows somebody who knows somebody, you know, that can take them forward. And that's the issue. And another issue relating to that is that we're not willing to help each other up. We are not willing to give that extra rope so the other person can climb up. You want that rope all to yourself or you just take the rope off the cliff entirely, if I'm speaking in metaphors. So that's, that is one of the greatest challenges, is that we're not willing to help each other. We're not. Willing to be able to get that connection with other people, you have to knock through so many doors so that you can get a connection, you can get that extra rope. And then, once you get into that door, what you are not supposed to do is shut that door behind you, and that's what many people do, they shut that door behind them, hence, not helping other people because they've already made it. So now they're in the circle. So those people who are struggling with their goals and projects, they're knocking on doors and no one is opening. When we get that chance to help somebody and so that they can pursue their goals or whatever, we should take that opportunity to help them and pull them up. So that other person, should also leave that door open so that they can help the other person because if we have a cluster of people helping each other I think there'll be more profitable projects more it was a win-win for everyone but I guess it's also kind of naive it's a naive way of thinking because most people aren't like that so that being said is one of the most common and the realist challenges that people face. It's not the red tape. It's not um, the bureaucracy or anything. It's the connection. It's the who you know. And the willingness for that person to help you and leaving the door open for other people to come in.
0: Layla, you are right. No matter how hard you try to work on making progress towards your goals by yourself, The truth is that you will need the help of others. And depending on the type of pursuit, their role may be key in helping you make significant progress. Now, the sad reality for most people pursuing goals at the early stages is that most people do not have time for you. Unless you're willing to pay some price in order to get certain people to take you seriously. And you also write about the culture of not leaving the door open for others to come in once you have made it. This is scarcity thinking or a scarcity mindset where some believe that success, wealth, and opportunities are limited, so I should not share once I get them. But in life, sharing with others tends to open you to success, wealth, and opportunities. Some of the people that we find to be awesome and great in our lives are those that are not selfish. We keep them close to us because they're more giving, more supportive, and generally more empathetic to us. And we tend to keep at bay those who tend to have the exact opposite of those qualities. Now, if we're talking about solutions when faced with uh, such issues, I think there are multiple. Uh, But one strategy I adopted myself when I ran into a situation where I couldn't get the kind of support I needed from those around me, was to seek the same opportunities elsewhere, or to be more specific, to sell to other people. I worked on improving my pitch and presentation, and also my people skills. Introducing myself and selling to complete strangers was something I learned to develop over time. You can't make significant progress without people, but you certainly can work on meeting more folks who could potentially be better suited to help your cause. And also work on being the type of person others want to be around. Which brings me to this point. Leaving the door open for others to go through after you've made it is a very important thing. It is one of several habits I realized I needed to work on about myself when dealing with fellow pursuers, you know, fellow hustlers. Support others always. Support them now. Support them when they're just beginning or when they when they get their first victories because that's when they need the support the most it's not really when they're successful they will never forget those that were there for them during their most difficult times not only is it a good habit to practice yourself but you're leading by example showing the generations that follow you that you actually care about helping others succeed I get folks asking me all the time technical questions, life-based questions, or for resources. If it's within my ability to provide something, whether it's advice or feedback, or to point them to someone that can help them out, well, I do so. Because I know just how lonely and even cruel this world can seem when you're just trying to work on bettering yourself. Thanks for the contribution, Layla. If you listening right now would like to send a message to Layla, maybe thank her or share a similar story, you can do so by by leaving a comment in the comment section (laughs) of the show notes or reach out to me on social media and I will pass on the message. All right, uh, the next contribution comes from Shadrach. Uh, Shadrach wrote to me saying, Okay, so one thing I found while doing projects is managing the manager's expectations when they have overpromised the client. So manager comes and says, hey, we have to present those two features we discussed with the client last Thursday. Basically, manager isn't concerned about you and your work process, doesn't ask for your input on timelines or what you need to get things accomplished. All they know is that they have made a promise to the client to deliver on a specific date and expect things to be done by then. What one should actually say is, well, that's not going to happen. I need X amount of days. When they come back next day to see if you spent all night coding, then your response should be the same. Never give in to the pressure or try to make your boss happy by promising what you cannot deliver during normal time. Otherwise, you will release substandard, undocumented, and not well-tested code. You don't want to write code you won't be proud of. You need to maintain professionalism at all times. <laughs> yeah, Shadrach, hell, uh, oh, man, um, pulling all-nighters. Just thinking about that brings back nightmares. One of the most frustrating problems we have in fields like software development is the disconnect between software developers and people who manage or employ them. That have little to no understanding of how software development works. This can easily turn into like the toughest situation for an aspiring developer to be in. Like for starters, you might find yourself in a situation where people are unable to properly assess your performance as a technician. You might be assessed based on how long it takes you to complete a project, as opposed to how good you actually are at solving complex business problems efficiently. Excuse me. When a manager comes to you demanding an update and asking, why are there so many delays? What if they're not technical? How exactly should you respond? And chances are, whatever comes out of your mouth, they might just think it's an excuse. They make assumptions on how long things will take on your behalf without consulting with you when they're talking to clients, promising the client this and expecting you to deliver that. And you know what's worse? is if the managers see all developers as just being the same like interchangeable pieces expendable that there is little to no difference between a college graduate and someone that has been designing business solutions in in, uh, integrating into different systems and using complicated technologies for the past five years because that is what they might threaten you with when you refuse to meet their unrealistic deadlines They will say they will simply replace you with someone else for cheap. I know I'm ranting, but I know what you speak of very well. Now, is there a solution to this? Yes. However, there are two approaches to this. The first approach will require you to take leadership and kind of manage upwards. The other will require you to think about your long-term strategy at that company and in your life in general as a programmer. Taking leadership and managing upwards is about playing a role in the company and taking on more responsibility. This might work well in some situations, but it could backfire in others. Since you're best qualified to know all there is to know about developing systems, you might want to get your managers to turn you into a slash salesperson so that you can get to interface with the client on behalf of your company. Make, the bet- make better promises uh, and better estimates in front of the client of just how long things might take. But you have to not play the developer card very aggressively if you decide to do this. In fact, you want to be the most business you have ever been because clients don't speak tech and their time concerns can really be legitimate. So you want to learn how to negotiate and do things like Meet halfway with your clients and prospects instead of just saying, yes, we can do this or no, we can't serve you. So on a project that's needed in a month, but you think it will take three months to fully complete, consider negotiating, working on delivering, you know, most important aspects of the project within that month. And then the rest can follow over time. Uh, This is also something you could pitch to the managers and not necessarily the clients. But also, when it comes to leadership, you want to also help your managers and company better understand the technical side of what it is you do that they don't already understand. Teaching them slowly by slowly how things work. Teach them about APIs and blockchain and security vulnerabilities in apps. They're in the industry. They might as well learn about them bit by bit. But again, this doesn't always work well. In some cases, you might look like you're challenging leadership directly, which is never a good thing. So approach number two, don't leave yourself in such a situation for a prolonged period of time. It's not good for your health or development. You know, to be in a situation where you know that the way things are being run is wrong, yet you just stay there, it serves no one. You know, you might slowly start turning into a cynical and grumpy programmer, right? You, you start g- getting into all sorts of habits that are just not productive and they don't help you and they don't help the company, right? You turn into someone who's angry all the time because no one ever understands you. One thing I wish more developers knew is just how capable they are. As a dev, you always have options. Even if you can't work in the company of your dreams, you could always start one. That's all I'll say on that. Thanks for that, Shadrach. Um, This really hit home. (laughs) Shadrach is a business solutions provider based in Dar es Salaam uh, TZ. If you would like to get in touch with him and his team, you can let me know and I will relay the message. Just leave a comment for me in the show notes for this episode or hit me up on social media. Okay, Mark's up next. Take it away, Mark.
2: Good morning, Leon my frustrations on um, uh, setting goals. I think the first time I needed to know how setting goals look like. There are principles to setting goals. You know, you have to start with something small that you can do it consistently. The primary aim is to first create a habit out of that, of doing that particular goal. So habits and goals actually like go hand in hand. So I struggled with that. So most of the times I'll go around and just do the things that I want to do. You know, I won't necessarily write my goals down because I'm like, if I want to just accomplish this, I just write it down. Like let's say I want to produce a podcast episode about music review. So that's the thing that I do next. You know, so the philosophy around goal setting was really not something that I personally like practiced before, but I had, I, I had heard about it in books long enough to know like okay maybe i need to understand how this thing works and i had to search for a book that talks about how to set your goals i think this was Brian Tracy's book if i'm not mistaken so in that book he takes you through a space of how you should set your goals and how they should look like the characteristics the time you should give yourself so that was to me like a very important roadmap. And I am continuously learning how to set goals because goals and habits really go hand in hand. And it's really, really hard to achieve one without the other. Let's say, for example, you ha- you want to have a goal of putting out a podcast every Friday. I'm just going to talk about podcasting for me on my side. This will force you to create a new habit of maybe listening or writing your podcast episode at least once a week or once before Friday or researching on this particular subject that you're going to be talking on your podcast before Friday. So that already forces you to find time, forces you to create a new habit around this particular thing that you want to accomplish. So that was, that was my experience.
0: So in a nutshell, Mark, you're basically saying that one of the biggest challenges you faced was getting the goal setting process right. It was after you decided to do a little reading about the topic that you discovered that there is a lot more to this process than just, you know, merely writing down a goal. One important thing you learned is that setting goals and adopting the right set of habits is what will get you to accomplish those goals which I agree with uh, 100%. It sounds straightforward, but it really isn't for many who struggle with pursuing goals. What Mark you're speaking to is a very common issue that many face. When the clock hits midnight on January 1st, we think in our minds or say it out loud to those next to us that I'm going to be a business owner by the end of the year. But the following day or following week, when it's back to the hustle, back to the usual grind, All you have is that statement in your head. Yet your actions, or more specifically, your habits, are still the same as they were last year. Where is the proof that now your actions are aligned with your goals? What are you doing now on a consistent basis that proves that you are not living the days the same way you lived them last year or even the past five years? It's true. Habits and goals are like a driver and a navigator, respectively. You can't get into uh, you can't get to your goals unless you drive yourself there. And what's the point of driving if you have no idea where you want to end up? So very proper stuff. Uh, you mentioned Brian Tracy's books. Now I'm not too sure which book it could have been. It was probably reinvention. But to you listening right now I highly recommend reading Brian Tracy's work. I will leave links in the show notes to the books I have read and I think you might like, especially his book on selling. That one is a must read especially if you're in sales or in business like a business owner. So, thanks Emily Mark for your contribution. Mark is a photographer based in Dar es Salaam, TZ. You can Check out his work and reach out to him over on Instagram. His handle is Mark Ngotonié. That's Mark Ngotonier at Mark Ngotonier. Uh, I hope I pronounced that well. Uh, Of course, I'll leave a link in the show notes for this episode. All right, up next is Kip. And Kip wrote to me uh, sharing two challenges he faced and his advice on overcoming them. So he says... First, my biggest challenge uh, for projects is setting unrealistic timelines. For instance, you want to do a project and you come up and say it will take one year. And this is done entirely by, you know, just guessing. But in all truth, you didn't evaluate or take the necessary steps to see exactly how long it will take realistically. And so the year goes by and you haven't achieved even a third of what you aspired to. Then you start feeling unaccomplished and it kind of gets you off and for some they even end up quitting so what i think can be done to avoid this well number one spending a good amount of time to just pre-plan everything i cannot stress this enough a month to plan and lay out everything before you start will save you so much more significant time than a head-first approach number two break it into little bits number three plan according to your schedule because life happens and we also work on other things number four look at how far you have come and number five be thankful yeah kip i agree with you if you fail to properly prepare then you prepare to properly fail (laughs) goal setting is a skill Uh, Making plans out of goals is not an easy thing you just naturally know off the bat. You need to do it a few times before you can efficiently make plans on goals that actually lead to accomplishment. Also, Kip, the part you talked about looking at how far you've come, that is very important. Reflection, um, uh, as far as uh, reflection is concerned, I propose trying... To be as deep as you possibly can be when it comes to reflecting, because we often pursue goals alone. There is a lot of change that happens to us mentally and emotionally as well. Uh, it's not just what we, you know, what we attain in the physical world, you know, material uh, upgrades. I mean, I know stuff we don't. This is stuff we don't really think about. But unless you are a rock. <laughs> One of your goals in life, whether you are keenly aware of this or not, is to not be miserable, right? To feel a sense of fulfillment in most cases. You need to reflect on your life regularly to ensure that a lot of what you do is bringing you closer to that fulfillment. I mean, why work so hard for a really long time on something that continues to make you miserable, right? Uh, Especially like dedicating, you know... (laughs) Life is short and we sometimes are not aware of just how much time we dedicate to things that don't really matter to us, okay? I promise you if a doctor told me that I had only two more months to live, I would be glad to keep working on the goals I'm working on now. But that is not really the reality for a lot of people because, you know, they, they, they probably don't want to face that reality of, Is this something that I really want to do? It's good to reflect and see how far you have come in life, but also to pay attention to how better you're becoming as well. You know, project and person. Okay, Kip's next challenge. Um, He writes, learning something new, in my case, programming. When you start learning something new and you get genuinely, genuinely interested, um, When you're starting out, you might find yourself in a massive rabbit hole. In my case, I always want to know why something works and not just uh, cause it works. So my point is there are a million online resources to learn a new skill. And he says, this is a good thing, but also it may be overwhelming. So when you start doing these video courses, like on Udemy and whatnot, YouTube and all, as a beginner, you might find yourself writing code that works but not understanding exactly why it works. We get to just copy what we see and tweak a few things. For me, this is a major problem. Writing your own scripts and programs requires you to, uh, requires a good thought process. So months and months in, you still aren't able to really grasp the logic behind it. And in time, you lose interest also you get to a point where you don't understand you start looking for better online courses jumping from one to another so i took a step back and and got books i found books much better than online courses i grasp more there is much better detail so i would recommend to anyone who wants to learn anything new get the online course but also books updated books and of course it takes a long time to master something, the thought of trying to grasp everything in a short time will in time become, you know, a disaster. Crunch time doesn't necessarily mean that you get more done. Learning when the brain is fresh is still much better than just, you know, total hours put in. I agree with this as well, Kip. What you're saying is true. One of the things that can make learning something new a real uh, frustration especially like a programming language, is incomplete or disorganized information and instructions. You know, despite there being a ton of YouTube videos teaching you some subject, sometimes the way that subject is being taught is not necessarily the best way. Many people make assumptions on the level of understanding you have going into the subject. That's one problem. I experienced the same thing when I first got into game development. The tutorials assumed I knew certain concepts of game design, while I knew absolutely nothing. Also, sometimes the instructors try to just cram information in your face, not really explaining how or why things are the way they are. Books are still one of the best ways to learn subjects, especially when it comes to topics like programming. First of all, they are deep and detailed. There is more content about a subject in a typical textbook than there is on most you know, Udemy courses. But of course, that depends on the subject in question. I would just add that you probably want to go through a handful of books and not to be too dependent on just one. If this is something you want to learn slowly but surely, and there is no pressure on you to deliver something based on that thing you're learning, like Kip said, then just take your time. You will be better for it. One of the things we have to unlearn when it comes to the pursuit of personal goals is this idea that if we should put a deadline on you know, something that we should master, then that deadline should be the next few weeks. You know, School traditionally sets a one-year deadline for when you can fully master a set of subjects before moving on to the next set. Uh, Or the next year, rather. Yeah, the next (laughs) set. College puts in a four-year deadline for when you can master, for example, computer science. But the reality is that some things take much longer to learn uh, for some. I have been working on games since before 2013, but I'm still learning things today that are completely new to me. I'm a slow learner, and I hate the feeling of learning or doing something under pressure all the time. Those are some solid tips uh, from Kip. Thanks, Kip. All right, again, if you want to get in touch with Kip and everyone else um, that, have, that has made a contribution, just say thank you or share a story that is relatable. Just leave a comment in the show notes or hit me up on social media. All righty, now let's hear from KK. Take it away.
3: Most people know me know that fitness is a key part of my life. But it wasn't always the case. It was always a struggle for me to work out. It was a challenge in terms of finding time and even the several times I started and quit or when I found consistency I would hit a plateau and I wouldn't be able to motivate myself to push through. The first key step is getting someone who you trust to go through that journey with you at least at the start. Someone who will push you beyond the limits that you set yourself mentally. That could be a trainer, family member, or a friend who can guide and support you through that process. You definitely need a cheerleader. After a certain point of consistency, you begin to realize the limitations you are setting yourself and surprise yourself by actually how much you're you're capable of. With that comes a shift in mindset in terms of how you approach the workouts, pain, struggle, embarrassment, and all. It's a you versus you process at the end of the day. Eventually, you'll find yourself ensuring you're making time, not finding time anymore, because this thing is a lifestyle choice, which requires sticking to, especially when you begin to feel and see the results of your hard work, and I choose to face this challenge almost on a daily basis.
0: Thanks, KK. You know, I first heard of the concept of having an accountability partner from a Michael Hyatt podcast. This can be one person or a few people, but not a lot, of people that hold you accountable for the goal you say you want to accomplish. They make it a big deal for themselves as well, and not just let you, you know, shoulder the burden. That if you fail, they fail as well. And this can be extremely important, you know, um, to have people validate the importance of your goal, not just verbally, by the way. But, you know, to kick your ass if you start procrastinating on ta- or start taking things easy. They also support you and cheer for you. I mean, if you have heard of personal trainers, they basically have made a profession out of this. But depending on who you surround yourself with, you might be able to access uh, such people. If you're intentional about the relationships you make and develop... Your friends, your spouse, family members could easily play that role for you. And you could do the same for them, like I talked about with Leila's point of supporting fellow pursuers. I also agree with you about the transformation that occurs when you stick to working on your goals. Once you gain enough momentum and start making progress, you change. And I say this all the time over here, the person you are when you start is different from the person you become when you make some progress and you change even more when you eventually arrive at accomplishing your goal. My basic definition of self-development is the process of turning yourself into the type of person that is able to attain whatever goal you set for yourself. Because in the, in the beginning, when you start, you are not that person, It is why you haven't pre-attained those goals. You have to work on becoming the type of person that gets things done. And the more you work on your goals, the closer you get to becoming that ideal version of yourself. Practice makes permanent and the more you do, the more you become. Thanks a lot KK. By the way, KK recently dropped a hip-hop project called Zenith. You can stream it on Spotify and Apple Music. The project is really dope, so you should check it out. You should also follow him on social media. His handle on Instagram is at illtownking. One word. I'll leave a link in the show notes to the album and Instagram page. All right, up next is Robert, a.k.a. Giza. (coughs) It's just an internal joke. All right, but Robert wrote in and says... So Robert had a bunch of great contributions that were lessons he learned in pursuing goals in business. Now I won't go over them all I just picked two and one of them is business or marketing related which I think I found pretty interesting. So he wrote number one passion and solution over escape When starting out, I unknowingly was or rather never took the time to fully analyze the why and or detail reasons as to why I was getting into and starting a business. Deep down, I knew it's what I wanted to do. What I never realized was that the approach to the whole thing is supposed to begin from within oneself as it grows and develops. The challenge for me here was as much as I had it within me, as much as I had it within me, I got into and started my first business, not solely because it was what I wanted to do, but it was a way to escape that which I did not want, my job at the time. The challenge with running to entrepreneurship as an escape from the thing you don't want is that it's very hard for one to stick with whatever they are pursuing if and when it gets hard or takes long to yield any kind of results since the mentality is escape or flight. Alternatively, it might take a very long while uh, to get direction when one chooses to pursue given they approach the process from a point of outcome to identity as opposed to starting with identity, which then defines the process and ultimately outcome. Essentially, when getting into the journey of entrepreneurship, it's necessary to fuel yourself with the right reasons. Let the passion, solutions in terms of value proposition and additions guide the decision of starting a business. And most importantly, try have an idea and an understanding of your self-identity. Okay, so you know what, Roba, this is something a lot of people struggle with that see themselves saying they quit their jobs to pursue business full time. It is something I struggled with as well. To be honest, one of my core motivations to get into business for myself was the fact that I thought about how my next 5 to 10 years would look like if a lot of what I was doing remained largely the same. And I took my time to think about this, by the way, about career paths that laid ahead of me if I stuck to the corporate world. Well, more specifically, if I remained an employee. It kind of scared me because what I was experiencing at the time was not what I wanted. And while most people found ways to cope and even thrive off of the kind of life that is the corporate world, I could not stand it. I wasn't built for it nor was I even interested in getting to understand it at a deeper level. And I told myself that the life out there may be like the wild wild west but as long as it's not like what it is in here then I'm all for the escaping. So I jumped ship. But man oh man was I in for a serious wake up call. You know, here's a lesson I learned. Just because you are not of corporate doesn't automatically make you of entrepreneurship or business. Most of us who decide to get into business for ourselves have to learn it from scratch. And that's not easy. You know, we have to build important relationships from scratch. Necessary relationships. And this can be very painful Uh, not just on you, but the people who see you going through the struggle and, you know, want to help you, want to support you, uh, but they don't understand what in the world you are doing trying to run a business. You know, I mean, you started off as an escapee, and I don't even know if that's a word, and now you have to actually learn to become an entrepreneur. Those are two different people. One thing you must do before you decide to get into entrepreneurship heck, even before you decide to get employed or even join a college, is to have an idea of what you want to do. Now, in hindsight, it's easy to say that. Our minds are not always fully developed and thinking about our futures that deeply when we get into college or, you know, get our first uh, start at making a living for ourselves. But it really does uh, help to have some kind of idea of who you want to be when you grow up. When you go down the path of business, I think it helps to first think of the solution or business you want to start, then pump passion into it. Because when you're in the world of business, money is essentially the source of life, followed by knowledge, then experience, then passion. Money pays the bills. Knowledge allows you to stand out and create amazing products or services because, you know, you know more experience provides wisdom and allows you to endure the roller coaster nature of business that often leads many people to give up you know once you have seen challenges hurdles um, you know late payments that kind of experience uh, you know uh, uh, emails that say where's where's my money uh, we have supplied you this you've not you know paid us in a while and You know, your client is holding up the funds. These types of experiences make you not get too worried. And, you know, they even help the people that you're dealing with understand you on a more human level. That's what experience provides. And passion is responsible for helping you look for more money, look for more knowledge, and look to gaining more experience. It will deepen the relationship you will have with the business and industry that you are in but you must start with a business or business idea that can work. All right, um, Robert also talked about number two, branding hyphen uh, defining company identity. Most of us, as I have, think of branding only in terms of logo, design, and slogan. It took me a while to figure out branding goes beyond the basic visuals and optics. I got to learn and I still am learning most of the essential elements that play into the overall brand value through everyday building and development. That might stretch from communicating with a customer to how we package ourselves as a company and representatives of the company, customer service to the core values and principles that guide our activities and processes. And most important of all, we tend to overlook the impact our personal brand has on our business. We tend to ignore the little things that play so much in the brand identity of the company and business overall, such that when it starts going wrong, it's difficult to specifically pinpoint the origin of the problem for solution purposes. A brand is a badge of trust and it should be treated with the weight it carries. As integrity is to human, hum, human, I guess, humanity, I guess, brand is to, oh, as integrity is to human, brand is to business. We cannot fully control human thoughts and actions, but we can over time influence their perception through individual activities that, when put together, makes a business a massive brand. Brand is a great asset to any business. Yeah, Roba, I agree 100%. There's an excellent book called Delivering Happiness by the late Zappos CEO, Tony Hsieh. You basically have condensed a good portion of that book in your conversation. You know, before becoming a software solutions designer slash developer, I started off as a marketing intern. Later got promoted to assistant, but during my time there, I got to understand the key role marketing plays in helping a company be relevant in the public sphere. I worked with amazing people that taught me so much about communication and brand building. You know, one of my good friends till today, uh, and I speak to him on a daily basis, that guy taught me a lot. Uh, Lewis taught me a lot about, um, you know, brand building, communication, product design, And so, um, some years later, because of my graphic design skills, I was able to work on some projects for a serious marketing agency in Nairobi. And these guys knew what they were doing. One of the jobs I remember getting was identity identity design work for a bank client of theirs that was either rebranding or setting up shop for the first time. Um, Identity design is when you not only come up with the logo and colors of a company, but essentially an entire branding guide uh, that has a lot of stuff in it as well, including like the rationalizations of why the brand is the way it is or the, the visual parts of the brand, uh, at least. So these things are a lot deeper than most people even realize. Anyway, um, the only thing I got was a client brief. This is just some paragraphs and description of what the company Uh, is that I was going to be working on the design for mm? their origin, their purpose, their current mission, vision, all that, and a few inputs from the client of what they wanted their brand to reflect. Now, before that, I had mostly just designed logos for people and generally tried to make them look as fancy as possible. But the first submissions I gave the marketing guys (laughs) The iterations of the brand, including the designs of the brochures and corporate stationery, they were challenged. Uh, Not the marketers, but what my work, it was challenged. Like, why did you use that shape? Why green? Why haven't you used photos of people that better represent their target audience? And so on and so forth. Branding isn't just about making things look cool. Branding is about communicating a specific message, and it may seem like it starts with the logos logos and slogans, but it actually begins with the reason why that company exists in the first place. That's where branding begins, at the heart and core of the company. When you understand what it is that you want out of your company or want of your company, you can then create a brand around it. It is not something that is detached from the everyday operations of the business. It is the soul of the business that you want to show or communicate to the outside world. Your employees are part of your branding. How your products look and feel, it's part of your branding. How your products work is part part of your branding. How you deal with customers when supporting them, again, part of your branding. The way your cars look Your website, your reputation, your management team, what former clients and employees think of you, that's all part of your branding, because that is what the outside world gets to interface with when they have to deal with your company. All right. Thanks, Roba. This is awesome stuff. Uh, I don't know if you can tell, but this is also something that I'm really passionate about. Um, But if you want to get in touch with Robert, just, you know what to do by now just leave a comment for me in the show notes or reach out to me on social media and I'll relay the message. Okay, I think that will do it for this episode. I want to thank my good people that were generous enough to share their experiences, words of wisdom and advice on this subject, which is the challenges you face pursuing goals. Please do not hesitate to engage in the conversation if you found it helpful and you would like to share an experience that you feel is relatable Just head over to Kidanda.net and leave a comment in the show notes for this episode. The next episode will continue with the conversation and you will hear from even more people. It's a two-part series. Um, If you love this episode, you will definitely want to check this one out as well. If today is Monday, then it comes out on Wednesday. So just the day after tomorrow. That's where I'll end today. I just started the conversation and I would definitely appreciate your feedback. If you'd like to leave a comment for this podcast episode, head over to the show notes for this episode over at kidando.net. A link will be in the description of this podcast episode. You can also reach out to me on social media. I'm mostly active on Twitter and Instagram. My handle is at kidando. That's K-I-D-A-N-D-O. We should drug test Trinity and Neo. You know, because the, the, the pills, you know, addiction, blue, red, forget it. Be sure to also like, share, and subscribe to this podcast if you found it helpful. It only takes a minute, but it really helps out a lot. I have a coffee page, and if you'd like to buy me a cup of coffee, that would be fantastic. Naturally, that's what we would do anyways if we had this discussion over at a cafe. And it really helps the podcast. Link will be in the description. Thank you for spending this time with me. I truly, truly appreciate it. Until next time, remember to always make progress and not excuses. Have a good week.